0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. About two men that met Jesus after he'd risen from the dead. And, uh, and some of the first men to see him and and uh, in a time when people were confused, didn't know what was going on, didn't know what had happened to Jesus, and they suddenly meet him. And I want to uh, talk tonight as we've, uh, you know, the last... Uh, term. We've talked about, you know, about prayer and uh, focused on prayer. And as we flow into this term, we're, uh, we're focusing on the harvest, about the harvest that is out there ready that Jesus said is already, is why there's people ready to receive me. There's ready, people ready to receive the message of Jesus. And I want to focus our attention around that tonight. And uh, the title for this message is simply this, A Mighty Move of God is Only One Conversation Away. The mighty move of God is only one conversation away. And I want to uh, start by talking a bit about this story and and just reading some of the encounter they had with Jesus and and what happened. And in Luke 24, verse 13, it starts off by saying that, this same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. They'd been in Jerusalem. They'd seen that Jesus was crucified and they were heading home. They thought, they didn't know what was going on. They were heading home. This is three days after Jesus had been crucified. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them Cleopas replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that have happened there the last few days. In other words, they're going, what do you mean what's happened? Like, where have you been? Are you even on the planet? You know, he wasn't probably for a while. And um, and so, and Jesus says, he just, you know, like Jesus has a bit of fun. He goes, what things? You know, like, what do you mean? I don't know, what's going on? Jesus asked, the things that happened, the things that happened to Jesus... The man's from Nazareth. They said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and the other religious leaders hand him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah. They're like we had hoped. We thought that he was the one. They thought he was it. It was all going to happen. He. We thought he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened 3 days ago. And so here these guys are, they it says you know they were sad. They were sad that it hasn't worked out the way they thought. They were disappointed. They lost hope. They'd even lost belief in Jesus because they thought, well, we don't know where Jesus is. Some say, you know, his body's disappeared. Some say that you know, he rose from the dead, but we haven't seen him. We don't we don't know what's going on, and so they're confused. And they were were like, it's almost like, well, we're not hanging around Jerusalem anymore waiting for something to happen. We're just going to head home. they kind of like, let's go. You know, we don't know what's going on. They're a bit, you know, a bit sad, disappointed. And uh, they'd thought things would happen a certain way, but they hadn't worked out the way they thought they might happen. And so then it goes on to say this. Then some women from our group of our followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and that they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, <laughs> it just starts to get a bit more serious, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets Wrote in the scriptures. In other words, Jesus is saying, it's actually already been said, but you've missed it. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. How good a conversation would that have been? He just starts to lay it all out, just off the top of his head, the whole history of the world. You know, you know, I don't know how long that took, but they had a bit of a walk. And he just lays it all out. And uh, by this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us, because they were suddenly so intrigued about what he just said, since it was getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. <laughs> see ya. And so, I'm gone. And uh, you're not hanging around any longer. And so suddenly, he breaks the bread. And as he did that, because that's scriptural about his body was broken. And as he does it, whatever he did, suddenly God allowed them to see, that's Jesus. And then he just disappears in front of them. And they're like, oh man it's like and they're like what, why can't he just stay and have a chat a bit longer you know it's like how come he has to keep disappearing all the time and so he just disappeared they said to each other didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us and within the hour this is the change that happened within the hour they were on their way back to jerusalem Depending on what you believe will determine your actions. They believe they'd lost their belief in Jesus. They lost their hope. They were disappointed. They were sad. And so they're heading home. Suddenly they meet Jesus and their eyes are open. They meet him. And suddenly they realize Jesus is alive. So what happened? Within an hour, they got some gear together, had a bit of a wash, whatever. They would have been dirty, dusty, had some food and said, we're heading back to tell people that Jesus is alive. Alive, and they turned all the way back. It was seven or eight miles, you know, walk, uh, which was a bit of a walk in those days. And uh, and they turned around and said, "We're going straight back to where we'd come from." Suddenly, they encountered Jesus. Their hope was restored, their belief was renewed, and their actions changed. Their hopes—it's amazing what happens when your hope is restored, and when your belief is renewed and changed and suddenly you believe when you see the truth, your belief changes and suddenly your whole actions and what you do and what you say and how you act suddenly changes in a moment. All because they encountered Jesus. They suddenly have a story to tell. They have good news. Good news that they thought, they need. everyone needs to know this. They need to know that suddenly they go. They didn't hold it. They thought, oh, we'll just keep it to ourselves for another night, and we'll, you know, we'll have. We won't tell too many people. They were so excited, and so it says their hearts burned within them. That's the Holy Spirit burning within them. They were like, they were like, there was something going on. Didn't our hearts burn when He began to speak? And so suddenly they said, "We got to tell everybody the good news." They had a life-changing message. They knew that what they had was going to so changed people they knew this message was so important that it was going to be life-changing not just to a few people but everybody so there when they get back there they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said the lord has really risen he appeared to peter then the two men from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. He's, next time they're talking about it, Jesus pops up again. I'm back. It's like, I'll be back, you know. And so it's like they're going, you know, chatting to him. Next time he disappears. They walk seven or eight miles back, start telling about the first time they have a conversation and begin to tell the other 11 about, you know, what had happened and what he said. Suddenly, Jesus just walks into the room. He's suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, because they're probably all scared. And uh, he says, peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. So they're like, whoa. Whoa. You know, even the two guys are like, he's just appeared again. He's like disappeared, appeared, disappeared, appeared. He's appeared on the road and he disappeared. And, and so they're like, this has to be Jesus. And no one else could do that. And so, you know, and, and the Bible just finishes there. That they said they were startled and then go, they go on and, and other things happen. But what an amazing story. What an amazing encounter that changed their whole direction, that gave them a life-changing message to begin to change their hearts. I want to tell you tonight, do you realize that we have the same life-changing message as these two men have? And we don't realize, we take it so for granted, the power that is in the in the story of Jesus, about his life, about his death, and about his resurrection. It's a life-changing message. No other message on earth compares with the life and the power of Jesus Christ. And when you share it, it has power In a moment, to transform someone's life, they can be going one direction without hope, disappointed, sad. Life's rejected them. God doesn't care about me. In one moment, you can talk about the testimony of Jesus and what he's done and who he is and what he's done in your life. And suddenly in a moment, they can be stopped in their track and hope fills their life. And they encounter Jesus in a real way and they change, their belief changes, their actions change and they turn around the other way. No other message on this planet has that power. Do you realize you carry that message? Do you realize, church, that we carry the most powerful message that can change a life in a moment, and yet sometimes we take it so for granted and we forget the power and the authority that's in the story in the life of Jesus Christ? we can all share it. The story isn't a story that's hard to remember or hard to understand. We can share it through your own life, the encounter you had with Jesus. You can share it through all these stories in the Bible. It's a simple story. It's easy to understand. This afternoon, we were... We were driving in the car, and uh, I don't know if you ever listened to Michael Yusuf on Radio Rima. He's a great Bible teacher and, and man of God, and he was just on, and we were driving home for five or ten minutes this afternoon, and, and uh, we're listening, and Riley's in the back of the car, and it was very quiet, and he was listening to every word. I didn't realize he was listening to this whole teaching about sin and all this stuff, and it was, you know, he's trying to get a hold of it. And so he's listening, and then, and then we're nearly home, and he goes, and so he says, Oh, so, so Dad, God... Still loves sinners, he says to me. And, and that's what he was talking about, how God loves sinners. And he, he understood the whole thing. And I said, were you listening to the whole thing? Yep, it's good. And he, said, he understood the whole thing. And so I thought, if Riley's six years old and he can understand that, then anybody can understand it. It's not a hard thing to understand. It's not complicated. And it's not meant to be. So what happened... When they began to share, that they go back to Jerusalem. What happens when they begin to share the good news? They begin to share the story that, about Jesus appearing and what he said. What happened is this, that Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up in the middle of the conversation. And do you realize that when you share about Jesus, that when you share in a conversation with someone and begin to share about Jesus and about the life-changing message of Jesus by the Holy Spirit, he shows up in the conversation. He shows up. When Jesus showed up and was talking to them on the road, their hearts burned. Their hearts burned. With, with, he said, didn't our hearts burn when He began to speak? Do you know the same thing will happen in someone's life as you begin to share about Jesus. Their heart will begin to burn. They'll begin to, There'll be something going on on the inside. They'll start to realize that what you're saying is true because there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power in the good news as you share it. Jesus showed up, and He will always show up when you begin to talk about Him. In a good way, He'll always show up. The Holy Spirit is waiting for us, individually, a church, whoever we, are, to share about Him, to share about Jesus. He's waiting for you to share with that person, that work. He's waiting for you to share with a family member. He's just waiting. For every conversation, he's wait He's looking for a conversation, and when they begin to share about Jesus, they go, oh, "I'm there." And he begins to work on the person, he begins to work in the hearts of the people that are that are listening, and work on the person or a group or whatever it may be. And he's waiting to share because he wants to move because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the story and in the life of Jesus Christ. As you speak to someone, be guaranteed that their hearts are going to be affected that their, their, their spirit is going to begin to be stirred sometimes you begin to talk about Jesus and their spirit gets stirred up and the enemy doesn't like it and they react in a bad way and they're like well and they start reacting against what you're saying and they start to get a, a defensive that's okay that's just the enemy getting stirred up don't be worried about that that just means you're saying the right thing the right stuff and other people will begin to weep And they'll begin to cry and and other people just start asking more and more questions and start to want to know more because the Holy Spirit's at work. You don't have to do all the work. The Holy Spirit has already done it for you and will work on your behalf. All he says is you need to share the good news. To share the good news. People are ready to hear the good news. What you believe will determine your actions. See, I've You talk to some Christians, and you talk. I'm not talking about in our church, just in general. And I've had conversations with people, and they'll say, "Oh, people don't want to hear about Jesus." These are Christians saying, "Oh, they don't want to hear about," or "I don't know what to say." And they have some excuse or they have a thinking and they, they don't really believe maybe that the, there is a harvest there straight away. There's, there's people out there, more than what we think, more than what we imagine. There's people that are ready to hear the good news. But people say, oh, before they even start to share, they'll doubt it. so oh, no, people don't want to hear it, so I just won't bother saying anything. And they miss the fact that Jesus has already said the harvest is ready. People are waiting to hear the good news. What you believe will determine your action. Because if you believe that there isn't a harvest, then you won't share anything about Jesus. If you believe that, oh, people, then I don't know what to say. Jesus already said, give us something to say. We're just got to talk about him. Oh, no, there's no harvest. I don't believe there's people ready. Well, then if, if that's what you believe, then you won't ever share it because that's what you believe. But that's not what the Bible says, and that's not what Jesus says, and that's not what I've experienced. I, there's people that are waiting, ready to hear what the message is. is. And it's not, And they don't need to hear it in a way that's, that's, that's saying, like, there's a way to share about Jesus. They don't want to hear a whole five scriptures and say, if you don't turn, or you're going to burn in hell or whatever. And, and there's a way to share with people, but you need to share it with love and compassion and in the right way. And when you share it the way Jesus shared it with people, then they'll always listen. The Holy Spirit will work with you. He wants to partner with you. People will listen to someone who believes in what they are saying. It's no good sharing if you don't believe in what you're saying. You need to believe that what you're saying is true. You need to believe the truth about Jesus, you need to believe about that he's a miracle-working God, that Jesus still does miracles today, that Jesus still changes lives today, that you can still speak the name of Jesus, and that just in the, there's enough power just in speaking his name for someone to be raised from the dead in a moment. What you believe is what you'll get. What you have faith in, you'll get. And if you believe the word of God, there is power in the name of Jesus. People will listen to someone who believe in what they're saying. And he wants us to share with genuine love, not just because someone told me to or I feel like I have to, because we genuinely love people because we care about people. We care about where people are going to spend eternity. Heaven is very real, and so is hell. And people don't like you talking to them about hell, they think, how can have we? But if they don't know about hell, then what do they? How can they know what they need to be saved from? People need to know there is a debt, there is a separation from God unless you turn to Jesus. But there is an incredible place called heaven where you'll spend eternity with Him that Jesus has made a way for us to go to. So we need to share with love and compassion, and we do need to have real concern for them. I read on Tori's shirt as she was up here singing tonight, it said, born to be real, not perfect. Born to be real, not perfect. And the truth is that people just want us to be real. I just want to be real. It's okay if you haven't got everything sorted out. It's okay if you've got a few faults. It's okay because, you know, Jesus worked with a whole bunch of disciples that had plenty of faults. that You could could pick out a whole lot of things and say, why would you even use that person? Why would you let that person do that? But Jesus still used them anyway because he could see the outcome. He could see what they would become. He could see their future, but he, he didn't look at just what they were now. He could see what was going to happen as the Word of God began to change them day after day after day. And so people just want you to be real with them and believe in what you are saying. We have a life-changing message that people want to hear people want what you just have to believe that people want to hear it there's people there's hundreds thousands of people in our city that just want to hear the real message about jesus they want to sometimes it's conveyed in a in a different way sometimes it's it's serving them or being um generous to them and and helping them out it might be way but in whatever way it's said that's not sometimes it's not in what you say the words you say but it's what you do And what you, how you help people, and being a friend to someone that no one else wants to be a friend with, and suddenly through that, the Holy Spirit will work on their heart and bring, and that you have an opportunity to share the life-changing message of Jesus. There's many ways that God will do it, but there is thousands of people in our city sitting in houses tonight that are ready to hear about Jesus. They're ready. They're ready. Jesus said they're ready, so they're ready. The message is life, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So that's what we need to You talk about his life, what he did, who he was, about his death on the cross, why he died on the cross, and then he rose again and he conquered sin and death so we could have eternal life. It's real simple. Share your story. I know people sitting in this room have a powerful story where you've encountered Jesus and it's been life-changing, kind of like these guys on the road where it's kind of like you're going one way and in a moment God just took you and turned you around the other way because you encountered the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And, and you can share your story and you can sh- tell them it's the same thing, the testimony of what Jesus has done. It gives him glory and lifts up his name and shows the power, the life-changing power of Jesus The message of Jesus hasn't lost any power today than when Jesus shared it on that road with those two men. It hasn't lost any power. It hasn't hasn't got over. It's getting a bit tired over a thousand years No, It's just as powerful this very moment as it was when it was first shared thousands of years ago. It hasn't lost any power and it never will. In Romans 1, 16 and 17, it says this. This is a well-known scripture that maybe you've uh, read or read recently. It says, I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. This is the New Living Translation version. I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. That The Jew first and also the Gentile, which is us, which are people that aren't Jews, this good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from the start to finish by faith. As the Scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It says there's power. I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Saving everyone who believes. You know how people believe is when they hear the truth about Jesus. Because when you begin to share about the truth about Jesus, real simple message of who the Holy Spirit's at work. And, it, and the Holy Spirit works and reveals truth to that person he reveals truth to that person because the enemy will try and put up a, a bl- will try and blind those that don't believe he tries to put blinders on and tries to distract and all that but when you begin to share about Jesus it takes away all the power of the enemy when you begin to speak the name of Jesus the enemy's hand has to be lifted off the enemy's blindness has to be lifted off and the holy spirit goes to work and begins to open their eyes to see that what you are saying and what you are sharing is the truth and they say, what you're saying, I've never heard anything like this. I've never heard any message. How come someone hasn't told me this before? I've heard so many testimonies about people sharing things. Going, How come for 30 years no one told me this before? How come I've never heard this before? And they're walking around blind and, and just, I've never seen, you know, this message. Never heard about you, Never heard the truth of the gospel. Maybe they'd seen some religion. Maybe they'd seen some, you know, sort of black and white and this and that, but they've never been shown the love of Jesus and shown the real story of who Jesus was, why he came and what he did. I want to share one other story, just a second part of a story tonight about uh, one story we've shared here a lot probably, and it's an incredible encounter. It's another encounter, an incredible encounter, where Jesus has this encounter with this woman at a well, a Samaritan woman that uh, in those days that Jews didn't associate with Samaritans and they would just think they're rubbish and dirt and, and whatever, and so Jews wouldn't even talk to them. And so they come walking through Samaria and they come to this well and, uh, and they're on their way there and, and they're hungry and the disciples are with Jesus and they say, look, Jesus, we're we're going to go to the you know the nearest town and, uh, and they wouldn't go to Samaritan town. They went to another town. And uh, we're going to get some lunch, and uh, we'll bring it back to you. And so Jesus said, well, you go. I'm going to stay. And Because he knew what was going to happen. And he goes to this well, and this Samaritan woman comes out uh, by herself, which in those days wasn't even like that. She usually usually came with a group of women. But because of her life state and because of what had happened in her life and because the way she was living, and she'd had, as Jesus revealed, she had about five husbands and all this kind of stuff. And so she she was by herself and she was broken and she was hurting and and Jesus knew she would be there so he didn't go and get lunch but he went there just to meet her and so he goes and comes to this well and she comes out there's whole conversation about life and he and he and he reveals to her that he is the messiah and uh and then as as he does that she's excited about what she's just heard the disciples come back and we're going to pick it up in uh, John chapter four twenty seven, and this is the message version I'm going to read, and it says, just then his disciples came back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of woman. They were like, he's talking to some, he's talking to a Samaritan woman. What's Jesus doing talking to a Samaritan woman? So they had this whole conversation with themselves. They're like, red flag, Jesus, red flag. You shouldn't be talking to her. We don't talk to those people. And uh, and so and so they're like. What's he doing? We would never talk to someone. And he's just talking just with a woman? You never do that. And so they're like, they're shocked, okay? And so no one said what they were thinking because they were too scared as what reply they would get from Jesus. So no one said what they were thinking, but their faces showed it. Ever had those conversations? Ever looked at someone and then you, they don't say anything, but you can tell exactly what they're thinking by the look on their face? like. And so... You know what I mean. And so the woman says, I like the message version, the woman took the hint and left. <laughs> so, she picked it up straight away. And so she goes, well, obviously they don't want me around here. And so she left. And in her, in her confusion, she left the water pot. And back in the village, she goes back to a village. And she was isolated. She was like, people didn't want to hang around with her. But she was so excited and what Jesus just said to her, she realised she has just met the Messiah, and that he sh- and he began to speak to her about her life, and he knew stuff that no one else knew, and he has to be the Messiah. And she's so excited, she goes back to the village, and she told the people, "Come see a man who knew all the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think he could be the Messiah?" And it says they let and they went out to see for themselves. Another version says, it says that they, a whole group of them just left. It says they just took off, you know. And so they all, you know, the thing in these two stories we talked about, these two men and this woman, once they encountered Jesus, once they heard the good news and realized that it was life-changing, none of them could stop themselves from sharing it with others. And the, the sad thing is, the church has forgotten the power of the gospel message and they've been forgetting to share it with others. And, and we're doing it, you know, in different ways, in different church. And I'm just talking about our church. I'm just talking the church in general. There's many churches that have grown just comfortable and just like, we'll just have our church or whatever. But there's a message that's so powerful that when you understand it or when it has really changed your life, there's a, there's a burning on the inside that says, I must share this with people that don't know about Jesus. There's a compelling that happens. And God is stirring the church again to say, I have a message. Reminding the church is a message that's so powerful that it's not a message that you can hold on to yourself or keep quiet. It's something that has to be shared. It's meant to be shared. We share it as a church and events and things, but we've got to share it individually in every opportunity. It's meant to be shared in your workplace. It's meant to be shared in your school. It's meant to be shared in your home, up the street, next to your neighbor. It's meant to be shared. You know, majority of people in the, in the church, in the, in the, when the church started in Acts, they weren't saved in, a, in the temple, even though they gathered together in the temple. I'm sure people would have come to know Christ in there. But majority of them were saved in the streets. They were saved in the workplace, at the shopping center, in the marketplace. That's where they would, they would Peter would walk up the middle of the shopping center and people were getting healed as his he shadow touched them. That'd be handy, wouldn't it? Just walk up to the shopping center and uh, go for a walk up and everyone who had cancer was healed as your shadow touched it. That's the power. It hasn't changed. The same power in the book of Acts is still at work. And so they had this incredible message that they could not keep to themselves and so she goes back to the village and the village comes out to meet jesus because she they thought there's something happened here because this woman is totally different to when we saw her yesterday and they begin to come out and then in the meantime the disciples pressed him and say, rabbi eat aren't you going to eat he told them i have food to eat you know nothing about the disciples were puzzled Who could have brought him food? Jesus said, the food that keeps me going is to do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work as he he started. As I was reading that, I realized something that, you know, that there's a lot of Christians walking around today that are frustrated and feel unsatisfied. And uh, one of the reasons for that is that Jesus said, gave us some very, basic things to do and in this context here one of them is about sharing the good news of the gospel and do you know what if you're not sharing about jesus and the good news of the gospel you'll be frustrated because you're not seeing god's power at work and and you'll get and you'll get you'll feel like discouraged because how come my christian life i'm not growing or what i just feel like nothing's happening all you need to do is start sharing about Jesus. Just begin to share with someone that doesn't know about Jesus and begin to share and see their life get changed and you'll be so on fire for God. It'll be like that story in the book where their hearts began to burn within them simply because you began to share about the, the most incredible message, most powerful message that we have on this planet. If you begin to share it, then your frustrations will go out the window, your 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 you know your lukewarmness or whatever it may be or whether you... un we you just feel comfortable and you feel like you're not growing suddenly all that will change in a moment when you begin to share about him it's true it's true you know talk with people and that is they're kind of just doing just walking along like it's just the mundane thing and i'm thinking all you need to do is just get fired up for him begin to share about jesus do you realize the message you carry do you realize there's people who are just waiting to hear about Jesus? That you carry the message. You already have the words to say. The Holy Spirit is already at work ahead of you, and all you need to say is begin to speak, and He will do the rest. Then they go on and say this. Jesus says this to them. He says, as you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in about four months, it'll be time for harvest? In other words, he's looking around, and there would have been fields there. And, you know, they would have been, the plants would have been growing, may have been whatever they grew in those days, barley or wheat or something or other would have been around there. And so it would have been, he said, about four months, do you think? Yeah, and they're going, yep, yeah, probably about four months, it'd be ready for harvest. And he says this, well, I'm telling you to open your eyes, and take a good look at what's right in front of you. And he's, as he's saying this, all the Samaritans are walking out of the village towards Jesus. Take a good look at all the people you despise. Take a good look at all the people you think, oh, they're worthless. We don't talk to those people. He's, Jesus looking and saying, well, take a good look at what's right in front of you. He sort of gives them a bit of a kick. These Samaritan fields are ripe and it's harvest time. Now he's not talking about a physical harvest or a, you know, a you know, wheat or whatever it may be. He's talking about a spiritual harvest. And he says the harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering in this grain that's ripe for eternal life. Now the sower is in arm, arm, arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant. That's the truth of the saying, this one sows, that one harvests. I've sent you to harvest a field you never worked without lifting a finger. You have walked in on a field, worked long and hard by others and I want to tell you church that our city is a field that's ripe for harvest it's been worked long and hard for many years in prayer and people sowing and it's ready for harvest and Jesus saying take a look what's right in front of you it's not four months and then it might happen it's right now right in front of you they're ready for harvest right now and all you need to do is share the good news the story about Jesus and they will eagerly come to him It says this in Matthew nine thirty five. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. That's a model for us right there. Jesus said, you'll do what I did. He went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. He said the harvest is plentiful, but he said the problem is the workers are few. So he said pray to the Lord. So there's a Lord of the harvest. God is in control of the harvest he's the Lord of the harvest and he says so pray to him that he will send out workers you know and one of the reasons we had a, we start off with prayer this year is we wanted to pray and prepare people because we believe the harvest is ripe and ready right now but we need to stir people up in prayer and be praying and saying right now there's a harvest that's ready we need to be prepared and be ready to share about the life and power of Jesus do you realize it would be you know it'd be funny if you saw a farmer that had a field of wheat and and a barn that was empty and the wheat was ready for harvest and you see the farmer get his deck chair out and he puts it next to the barn doors that are wide open he goes the doors are ready barn's ready it's all good and he sits down the deck chair with a can of coke and he sits there and goes okay I'm just waiting for the harvest to get in that barn and we'll be ready to go we would go, you're a stupid farmer. You're going to be sitting there, and you're going to be sunburnt, you're going to be a fried tomato by the end of the day. And so we would think, that is silly, because it is silly. We would say, you need to go out and harvest that thing. And if we were to sit in our church here and expect all oh, our cities just going to walk in the doors of our church, then God will be sitting there going, why are well, you sitting there on your deck chairs having a can of Coke? You're going to be fried tomatoes by the end of the day. You need to be out there in the harvest field bringing people into these doors, reaching out people. God's sitting there going, that's just as silly. I say that lovingly. But it's true. People will come in the doors, and people are. We are seeing people saved. But there's a whole lot of people that aren't going to get saved at this altar here. They're going to get saved in your workplace, in your school, in the street. There's hundreds of people that are going to get saved in all different places in this city. And wherever, whether it's in church or whether it's in the shopping center or whether it's in your home, wherever it may be, just share the good news. They're ready to hear it. Just share about Jesus. If you think someone's hard and their heart is hard and you think, well, they're not ready to hear them, pray for them. Just pray because as soon as you begin to pray for them, their heart will get soft. As soon as you begin, they've got no weapon. It's the most powerful weapon you can use is prayer. It'll soften the hardest heart. Just begin to pray for that person. Wake up every morning and begin to pray and cry out for them. It'll, and it's, if you're saying, Well, I haven't got compassion for people, then begin to pray for people, and God will give you compassion for people like you've never had before. Begin to pray for souls to be saved in our city. Begin to cry out for people. And God, even if you don't feel like it, do it. And God will change your heart. Compassion for people will motivate you to go. I had another point to share, but we'll, um, I just want to share these things just to encourage you. Can have the worship team come on up? I read, I found some statistics that um, had come out. Um, just very recent, these are. And, uh, and it's, this is part of an article. I want to read this to encourage you about what is happening in the world. And it says, The center of Christianity has shifted from Europe to the global south. And this is very interesting, very powerful. It says, The religious landscape is particularly changing for the world's Christians. A century ago, 80% lived in North America and Europe compared with only 40% today. In 1980, more Christians were found in the global south than in the north for the first time in a thousand years. Today, the Christian community in Latin America and Africa alone account for one billion people. Over the past hundred years, Christians grew from less than 10% of Africa's population to its nearly 500 million today. One out of four Christians in the world presently is in Africa. And the Pew Research Centre estimates that will grow to 40% by 2030. Asia is also experiencing growth as World Christianity Centre has moved not only south but also east. In the last century, Christianity grew at twice the rate of population in that continent. Asia's Christian population of 350 million is projected to grow to 460 million by 2025. The global religious wild card is China. Even today, uh, demographers estimate that more Christian believers are found worshipping in China on any given Sunday than in the United States. In Latin America, the massive Christian population is becoming more Pentecostal or charismatic. The growth of Pentecostalism in Latin America is estimated to be at three times the rate of Catholic growth. Non-Catholic believers now account for 2% of Latin America's 550 million Christians. Today, Brazil not only has more Catholics than any other country, but also more Pentecostals, reflecting Pentecostalism's astonishing global growth, tracing its roots to the Azusa Street Revival in 1910. And comprising 5% of Christians in 1970, today one of four Christians is Pentecostal or charismatic. Or think of it this way, one out of 12 people alive today has a Pentecostal form of Christian faith. One in 12 in our world. The other thing that's, as, as I read that about Azusa Street, there's an event that's happening in America right now that has gathered many great men of God, Reinhard Bonnke and, and all his team, and uh, Bill Johnson from Bethel Church, and, many, and it's called Azusa now. And it's, I think it's nearly the 100, it's over 100 years, but they've they gone back. It's a prayer, um, it's a thing on prayer. And they basically, they people registered for it. And it lasts, it's about five days ago, they had over 100,000 registrations. And they're in a massive football stadium, I think in LA, the biggest place they can find and the place is to capacity full. And uh, they are praying for, the, for America. They are praying for their nation, believing for a mighty move of God and revival in their nation. And that's happening right now. I think it's being even live streamed on the internet. You can go and watch it. And they're praying and crying out for their nation. Because they know that you read these statistics and they know they're saying we need to turn back to God. And our nation, Australia, is exactly the same. There's, there's The harvest is ripe all across the world. And our nation of Australia, the harvest is ripe. And as we rise up as the church and simply share... The simple message about Jesus that even a six year old can understand. It's not hard. We just have to be willing to share it. And I want to encourage you and stir you tonight that as Jesus said, the fields are ripe for harvest, but the workers are few. I don't want the workers to be few in Bayside Church. I don't want the workers to be few in our city. I want want everyone to be a worker in the harvest field, saying, well, I will share. I'll be ready to share. I'll pray. I'll reach out. I'll cry out for our city, believing that hearts are going to be ready and open and that people are going to be saved daily in our city, in our streets, in our shopping center, at the altars of our churches, that every church will be so full there won't be room to contain the people because our, our people, People will be coming in and flooding in to know Jesus, the name of Jesus, his story, the most powerful story that has that has ever been spoken, the most powerful message you could ever share on this planet. And every single one of us has it available to us. Every single one of us has it imprinted on our heart and we can share it and know it. And God is saying, go, go, go and share it because people are waiting. They're waiting to hear it. Why don't you stand? Thank you, G. Why don't you just lift your hands in this place for a moment? Why don't we just simply cry out to God? Why don't you begin to just cry out? Let's feel, we just need to cry and begin to pray for our city. Pray for our city. Pray for a friend that doesn't know Jesus. Why don't you just start to cry out? saying, God, send workers into the harvest field. God, we are ready. We are ready, Lord. Help us to share, Lord God. Maybe you need compassion for the lost. Why don't you ask, God, give me compassion for the lost. Break my heart for what breaks yours break my heart for what breaks yours Jesus give me compassion Lord God for those that are broken those that are hurting those who don't know you Lord let me share the message give me the life changing message of Jesus Lord help me to share it in my workplace help me to share it in my school in my street to my neighbor Lord God don't let me hold back but let me have confidence and faith That the power of the gospel is just as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. It has the same power today as it did then. And all we need to do is speak it out. We just speak the name of Jesus over our city. We speak the name of Jesus over our city. We speak the move of God above our city, Lord God. That would work in every heart. Every life, Lord God. The lives will be transformed. They will be changed. People will be saved daily in our city, Lord God. People will be healed, set free, transformed by your power. Thank you, Jesus. We cry out for our city, Lord. Lord, cry out for our city, Lord. We cry out for our nation, Lord. Our nation that needs a mighty Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.